Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me today as well. Uh, here on this Friday afternoon, Ole Miss gets a uh, huge signing today. Romello White, the grad transfer from Arizona State, has chosen Ole Miss. He has signed with Ole Miss. Uh, I have a column up at rebelgrove.com. Zach Barry has a story and some analysis up at rebelgrove.com as well. Rebelgrove.com is part of the Rivals Network. We would uh, really appreciate you going and checking it out and joining and being part of the community. And uh, if you do it right now, you get $50 worth of uh, of team gear from the Rivals Fan Shop. So it's a really good time to do it. Uh, we're brought to you by Dead Soxie. Uh, millions all over the world have been impacted by the unusual events of the coronavirus and COVID-19 and the, the uh, economic fallout from it. And the Dead Soxy team has not been immune to that situation either. Like the rest of the world, they've uh, been faced with some tough choices. But instead of following suit and uh, cut, cutting costs and jobs, they're thinking about things a little differently. They want to keep their team intact, paid and employed, and uh, they want you to help make it happen. In the spirit of people helping people, they've decided to run a first-of-its-kind support sale. They've slashed their prices to 6 9 and $11 a pair. They'd rather you get discounted socks so they can keep paying their team rather than worrying about margins at a time like this. If you go to rebelgrove.com, uh, there's a link to the, the pin threads, you, $10 uh, um, of free stuff from uh, dead Soxy. All you gotta do is enter that link at, uh, at checkout. If you have an account already, you just leave a note in the, in the account, they'll fix it. If you don't have an account, it takes no time to set one up, enter that code at checkout, boom, $10 off just for, uh, helping support. The, uh, the people at Dead Soxie. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. And uh, he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote and the rest is completely up to you. Uh, again, 662-257-1900. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll start proving it to you when you call that number. Uh, Zachary, welcome into uh, this soft verbal podcast. Thank you for your uh, time. How are you, sir? Neil, I'm doing well. I, I will say we're, we're starting off on the wrong foot here with Romello and the all of the text and phone call conversations that I've had with him over the past several months. I told him whenever he did this mm-hmm. not to do it early in the morning when I was on a long run. Yep. And uh, sure enough, mile three. My Apple Watch is blowing up, and he uh, he went against my wishes. But all 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 is all, all is good. Uh, best wishes to him. But in all seriousness, yeah. Hugh, you wrote about it. I wrote about it. Humongous pickup for Kermit Davis. Yeah, it's a roster. It's funny you were you were running. I was on the Peloton. I was like twenty four minutes into a one hour class, and I saw. I was like, God damn it. I knew it was going to happen as soon as I got on a ride. I knew I knew that's when it would happen because we were it got to Friday and I kind of thought it was going to happen like a Monday or Tuesday of this past week, and so we got to Friday and I thought, well, maybe it's just not happening until the weekend or first part of the week, and then boom, I'm on my ride with Alex Toussaint on a home ride from home ride, and boom, there it goes. My phone blows up, one Zach Barry, and telling me that that uh, Romello had committed I, I was not on twitter at the time i turned off all the stuff i was enjoying my exercise which now awaits me when i finish this podcast and so it's very um romello messed up both of our days we I, I talked to him afterwards and i was like hey man i thought we talked about the peloton thing and he was like oh you're right i, <laughs> I, I forgot and he said i'm really sorry uh I, when i when i get to oxford i'll make it up to you i said well you can't now because you've signed and now now the whole thing's messed up. So it, it, there's a lot of things. No, it's, in all seriousness, it's a huge pickup for Ole Miss. It's a it's a roster transformative pickup. It is a uh, it silences 
what was becoming a little bit of an undercurrent of can they get the big big time player? The answer is yes. They've got a bunch in this class. Um, it tells you that that Kermit throughout Kermit Davis throughout the year talked about. You know, and it's really interesting, Zach. I'm jumping around a little. It's it's really interesting when a coach tells you the answers, but he doesn't completely spell it out because he still has to coach those kids. It's the media's job, and for the most part, we all did it. It's the media's job to hear what he said and communicate it to the fans. You and I were talking about this a minute ago about a, a topic a little different that we still might get to in a minute. I don't know. And you were telling me, you were informing me that if it's something fans just don't want to hear, they just block it out. And I swear to you, I think they're, I think you're right. Because I said throughout the year, he's, he's going to try to get older. He's going to try to get tougher. He's going to try to change the DNA of his team. But there's nothing you can do in January except coach, 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 coach the people that you have. And for a brief period of time, it looked like it was going to work. And then when it didn't, it fell apart. And the season kind of ended, as I wrote today, with a very quiet thud. And uh, But in a little more than two months, they've really transformed their roster. Their roster now has, uh, has a lot more toughness to it. It's a lot older. It's got uh, It's got a lot more size to it. And it's got more experience. Demencio Vaughn, uh, Romello White, uh, Jarkel Joyner, who's played a lot at, at uh, Cal State Bakersfield. It's it's got a it's got a different look to it uh, now than it did at the end of the season when it was a thin roster without a lot of experience. I think you nailed it there with the toughness aspect and just kind of a different build to the starting lineup and just kind of a different makeup for this team. You mentioned Domencio Vaughn, Romello White. Those two guys right there at the three and the four are, you know, Domencio Vaughn, a scout, called him a MF and dog. Um, yeah. Romello is in that similar mold. Uh, we talked about him on the on the phone, uh, I guess, probably a week ago. And, you know, I said, oh, you know, it's the old cliche, he plays much bigger than he is. Um, you know, he's 6'8", 235, 240. But the way he plays around the basket, he, he, you know, offensively and defensively, it's almost like he's a 6'10", 6'11 guy. He's really aggressive. He's really, really strong with the basketball. And I think that that was something that was lacking at times last year for Ole Miss. I think Hadim C got settled in towards like the, you know, late, last, late in the season. Last, yeah. Last like, 10 games. Yeah. He, he started to really come into his own and he was looked comfortable on defense and offense. Um, I think that with Vaughn and, and Romello White now in the starting lineup, presumably, uh, I think that this is going to be a completely different basketball team. This is going to be one that is tough. This is going to be one that is really aggressive on the defensive end, which is exactly what Kermit wants. Give me your guess on the starting lineup. I did it in my column that I wrote. Uh, I mean, I think Schuler at the one is pretty close to being a given. I think Jarkel Joyner at the two. Uh, and then, like I said, Vaughn at the three, Romello at the four. And um, C at the five, I think. Uh, that was mine too. Uh, yeah, Austin Crowley and, and Morell will be backups at at the guard position. I don't know. I keep going back and forth, and you can tell me what you think. I think Morell is could do either one. I th- he's obviously a really good shooter, but I think his size is what Kermit and the staff want at point guard. He's a yeah. big six four, strong kid. I think he could play the one. Yeah. Um, and give them some some flexibility there. Well, but, if, yeah, he, I mean, if, this, if he can, uh, Crowley's going to have to work his butt off to get on, on the floor. Yeah. And Crowley's, you know, everybody, for those that don't know, Crowley got sick in the middle of the season and lost a ton of weight. So he, yeah. from a development standpoint that hurt him, but, um, he's skilled, he's long, he's athletic. I think he'll be able to, to secure a spot in this, in this too deep. But Neil, you look at this, this is a fantastic two deep right now. You got KJ Buffin and Blake Henson that are, going to be coming off the bench and then the much anticipated debut of Sean Robinson uh, backing up Hadim C at the five or maybe at the four just how skilled he is I mean this is a really 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 good um, just a really good two deep that has a ton of potential all of a sudden I didn't write about this because I wanted to save something to talk about so it wasn't just parroting what I'd written here's the other thing that if I'm an Ole Miss fan I really like about what happened today it not only makes my yeah. team better it not only solidifies my lineup, 
I now have a team full of guys. And if you'll, if you'll uh, give me a minute, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit. I have a team full of guys who have something to prove. Mm-hmm. I've got Devontae Shuler who wants to prove at the very least that he can go to Europe and be a point guard. Got, still got to improve. Got to, have a, got to put a season together as a senior. I've got Jarkel Joyner who I'm sure wants to prove that, hey, I belonged here in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there will be some cynicism until he does prove that because there's a reason that a kid who lit it, lit it up at Oxford High School never really got the sniff, not just from Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, there are a lot of SEC schools right around here that took a look and they didn't offer. Right. I've got Hadim C who wants to play in the NBA and to do it, he's going to have to really step up his game and put together a season. I've got Ramella White. And there's a story in there. He and I talked about it today. He was a guy who was frustrated at Arizona State with his role. They relegated him to a uh, back-to-the-basket sort of a post presence, which is not what he wants to be. It's not what he'll be in the NBA if he makes the NBA. He Mm-mm. he looked at a lot of what Kermit did with fours at, uh, at Middle Tennessee. He saw a lot of pick and pop. He saw a lot of trailing threes. He saw some stuff that, that uh, he can make work, a lot of dribble handoffs. A lot of that stuff that, that he wants to do, he wants to show the NBA that he can do that. And as a 6'8 guy in the NBA, you better show them that you have range. You better show them that you have versatility offensively. I think he's a, he's a good defender. He's an excellent rebounder, has a real nose for the basket. Uh, all of those things are going to help with him. But he's got a ton mm-hmm. to prove. And so now you continue it on a little bit. If you take K.J. Buffin and you take Blake Henson and you put them on the bench and you start bringing them off the bench, well, I got a feeling that they got to do one of two things. You either accept that and kind of look at Kermit Davis and go, every day I'm going to show you, buddy. Mm -hmm. Or you sulk. And if you sulk, you're not going to play. No. I left out Domencio Vaughn. He's coming to an SEC school, I'm sure, with a ton to prove. I mean, he put up numbers at Ryder. He's got a, he, I'm sure he wants to say, hey, I can play at this level too. Um, yeah. And then, played you know, at Callaway. He's, hey, you guys passed, passed on me. Yeah. And then we talked about Morrell. Uh, you know, obviously a top 50 kid coming out of high school with a lot to prove at the college level, like any other top 50 kid. And uh, we, we talked about Crowley, who this is a critical year for him, bottom line. It, and then uh, Sean Robinson, this takes pressure off him. Mm-hmm. Now you can say to him, hey, man, you don't have a lot to prove right now. Relax. And I thought that was critical. because, uh, And it also lets you, and this is this goes under the radar, but it lets you think about, I wrote this in my column, it lets you think about red-shirting Sammy Hunter. It oh, lets absolutely. You think about saying to him, hey, look, you were young last year. You got pushed around a little. You know, we didn't catch any breaks with the, 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 the pandemic and shutdown. You lost a spring. Um, don't sweat it. Here's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Because we just left out a name, by the way. Luis Rodriguez Rodriguez was a starting three on this team before he got hurt. And, and, that, and that's another guy that's going to be hungry to prove himself. Yeah, and he's going to go out there and compete. And, and so all of that, and so now it, it, lets you take, it lets you take Sammy and redshirt him and work him, but take some pressure off of him because I thought he pressed last year. It lets you say to him, you don't have to press right now except work to get better. Let's go to work. And then in practice, it lets him work against Ramella White. It lets him work against Hadim C. If he embraces it, and that's an if because not all kids will embrace it. And when you just assume that, that he'll embrace it, that's, that's flawed. But if he will embrace it, he's got a chance to really get better. And then Robert Allen, who they signed from Samford, who you know was going to have to play a big role had he had the the no the no penalty transfer thing passed, which I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to pass in a year. I don't think it's going to pass this year. Um, let's him. Uh, it lets him use his go ahead and use his redshirt year. He has three to play two. Let's him use his redshirt year. He can get better, and it lets him work against some pretty talented guys in the post day in and day out, and improve his game a little bit. And you know, see what happens for him a year from now. So the, the the roster officially makes a lot of sense for the first time in a while. Well, to kind of flip the switch here, and a good segue by you there talking about taking the pressure off 
of several players. I think that this is this was a crucial pickup, not only for just everything we've already discussed with the toughness, um, an inside presence to help out with Hadim C, um, somebody that's you know a banger, a a dog to go along with Demencio Vaughn. I think that this was just absolutely crucial because we talk about Matthew Morrell and he's the highest rated signee ever in Ole Miss history. I think he finished top 40. I think he was 39th overall. Um, this takes tons of pressure off him because you've got now um, Hadim C who kind of came into his own a little bit at, on the offensive end. You've got Romello White who's a proven scorer in the Pac-12. You've got Demencio Vaughn who yeah it was at Ryder but he put up points and then you've got Devontae Shuler who's a veteran. Um, you've got all these guys that, that are pieces in a starting five in a two man, you know, a two deep rotation to where you're not looking at him, you know, Hey, you know, Matthew, we need you and Jarkel to put up buckets. We knew we need y'all to replace everything we lost from Brian Tyree. Now it's going to be a total team effort. It's going to be multiple guys pitching in. And I think that that was huge because we've talked about it on this show before. We've talked about it on the message board. A lot of people just assume, you know, oh, well, Jarkel, you know, extremely explosive guy. He was a top five scorer in high school in the country. You've got Matthew Morrell, who really burst onto the scene at IMG, started, you know, shooting the ball really well from deep. Oh, it'll be fine. Like, they'll combine to score what Brian, like, it's not that easy. I mean, the SEC is, is becoming one of the better leagues in the country with just you know, elite player after elite player coming in, elite coaches coming in. And I think that that was something that um, that I didn't really think about until now that is huge for Morell's development. And look, he can he can just kind of ease in as a true freshman. He's not thrown to the wolves and immediately asked to score, you know, 12 to 15 points a game. Um, another thing that I, I want to mention before I forget, uh, shout out to the crack research team over at red cup we were talking about this in our slack channel um romello averaged just under 30 minutes a game only two and a half fouls that is you mean extremely a, a, a crucial big man who doesn't get into foul trouble right away yeah they make you like this? that they make this no it, yeah well hey, that's the other thing it does is it it, it allows you hadim C. I think he got better at times but he has a tendency for foul trouble kj buffin has a tendency for foul trouble uh Adding Romello to the mix, and then of course adding Sean Robinson to the mix, it alleviates the uh, desperation of that, if you will. Now it's something that KJ's got to clean up. It's a it's a part of his game that he's got to fix. Yeah. It's and he'll admit it. It's immature. He, he will say it himself. And so it's been you know it's been identified, but he's got to do it. He get what happens with KJ. In case you wonder, is he gets he's he's got a little Russell Westbrook in him. He gets pissed and he fouls. <laughs> uh, he thinks he thinks he got he thinks he got hacked on the other end and they didn't call it, so he hacks on his end. He gives those, those are those are what we call in the uh, in the Nashville men's league. You know, those are good fouls. <laughs> he he just gets angry or he just gets mm-hmm. you know sloppy for a minute. He has is kind of just mental T- lap, mental lapses a little. Yeah, TD struggled with that early in his career. Yeah, TD did, it, it, and so I. I've said this a lot, so let me give full disclosure. I really like KJ Buffin and Blake Henson, the people. Okay, so I, 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 I'm a human. They're human, and I like both humans. So I'm cheering for both humans. Does that make sense? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm unable to compl- I mean, I can be objective about it because I just broke down some of his game. I'm giving both of them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to break through and have have junior years. Absolutely, and because I like these, the, I like the kids. I like the people. Yeah. They're good people. Well, this whole thing is coming full circle, Neil, because you've got these very, very good to really good or great additions that have been added to this roster that are just going to take pressure off of a ton of different people because you just mentioned about KJ and he was pressing a lot last year and he was really trying to to make an, you know, an impact on the defensive end because Hadeem was kind of swimming early. And I think KJ was really wanting to make plays. He'd get into foul trouble. You know, he'd have to go sit. So, obviously, the offensive end's not going to improve because he's not playing. Blake Henson gets sick. You know, I think you mentioned it on the show uh, the other day. Um, you know, he didn't know if he was going to get to play basketball anymore with his with, with the heart condition. So, he is, you know, was probably going to have a lot of pressure that he was going to put on himself. You know, hey, 
Last season did not go the way I wanted it to. I'm back to you know full strength. I had a an off season, you know, to do whatever. I'm ready to go. And so now I just think that the Demencio Vaughn, Romello White, Jarkel Joyner coming, Matthew Morrell, Sean Robinson being able to help down low. It's just going to take pressure. It just a full kind of you know deep, deep, deep breath. You know, <laughs> in the nose, out the mouth type thing for this entire roster. Yeah. I- I can tell you people inside the program were really excited today. I mean. <laughs> For good reason. Yeah. There, there was there was excitement, probably a little relief. This was close. Vanderbilt was in this all the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Georgia lurked in the in the shadows as well. Uh, this was this was a this was a hard fought recruiting win. And uh, this is one where the pandemic helped Ole Miss a little bit because I think there was a time pre-pandemic when Romello White was thinking, you know what? I'm going to go pro. I'm going to sign an agent. I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. And I'm going to go show NBA scouts what I can do. And mm-hmm. like I asked him about that today, and he goes, yeah, it just kind of made no sense anymore because there are no camps. There's nothing I can do right now except go do it at the college level. So, again, he's got a lot to prove, and he knows it, wants to prove it. Yeah, And it's it's going to be – it's going to be interesting, but if you're an Ole Miss basketball fan, today was a really good day, and, and it caps off a two-month period where this uh, this roster overturned it. I mean, Kermit Davis overhauled a roster, and in today's college basketball, it's almost an annual thing. It's funny, a, yeah. few, a few years ago, people would make fun of Kennedy when he did it, and it didn't always work. But I remember thinking, and I remember Andy telling me, he goes, man, Six, seven years from now, this is going to be every year for everybody. And that's a little overstated, but not much. And a year from now, and this is something to keep in mind as we get ready to transition to football, a year from now, I firmly believe that this one-time no-penalty transfer rule is going to pass. And boys and girls, it is going to be an absolute free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be the wild, wild west. And... <laughs> You, you all are going to be asking us if, if there's a season and if it's a normal season or even something resembling a normal season, you're going to be asking us about all these rumors about, I heard so-and-so is recruiting so-and-so, and it is literally going to be one of those deals where I'll take SEC out of it for a minute. Minnesota's playing Wisconsin, and that sixth man on the Minnesota team is quietly being recruited by Wisconsin, like, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're hollering at you in April. Yeah, that's coming. So, if you think that's bad, so be it. If you think that's good, so be it. It's coming, and I think the only reason it didn't happen this year is because of the pandemic. Right. I it, and I can't blame them. The goal is to get to the professional league, whether that's the NFL or the NBA. If you do not feel that you're being utilized properly, or you do not feel that you're developing, you're going to go somewhere where you feel like that can happen, so you can go make a living. Playing a professional sport, it's very simple. Romello White talked about it when you spoke with him in your column about him. He's very excited about the prospect of developing his shot and playing a true three, you know, four type role with Ole Miss. I mean, he is a, to me, he is a perfect, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of a comp, but Forgive me because I'm using an Ole Miss guy. He's Murphy Holloway with more skills and more offense. Yeah, he's bigger too. Yeah, I mean he's he's he can really he can really roll to the basket and can really convert. He's tough, just like Murph was. He's really physical, um, and and I think that that's undersold defensively for him. I th- I think he really got after a ton of people in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is is not a great basketball league. It, not not top to bottom like it used to be, or I guess just the top teams are not as good as they used to be, but he was really effective for a guy that's only 6'8". I talked about it earlier, and you know, he plays bigger than he is. I mean, he broad-shouldered, really athletic, positioning is, is – I think that's where he can get to the NBA. Is He's kind of like that that Dennis Rodman where he, he knows how to position himself to get rebounds and um, you know 10 points and grabbing eight, almost nine rebounds a game in a – in a weird role for him, I, you know, for somebody that wasn't happy, that's still, that's good numbers. 
in a power five league. So, um, I mean, hats off goes to Levi Watkins and the rest of the staff who, I mean, just a, just a great job. I mean, a lot of really good basketball programs and good coaches wanted him. And, um, you spoke about it in your, in your column and a lot of, a lot of ties there with Levi. And then he's from Georgia, Ole Miss recruited him before he knows KJ. So it wasn't completely out of left field, but, um, just a, uh, this is what you got to do if you're going to take that next step if you're Ole Miss basketball. Andrew Sampson, formerly of the Cowherd, Colin Cowherd Show, has a tweet as we transition from one sport to another. It says, if college sports come back, they should only allow essential personnel at team facilities, only players, coaches, trainers, Nike reps, money launderers, <laughs> FBI informants, and strippers for recruits. That's it. Yeah. Uh, this so Will Wade's. Sigh relief. <laughs> Will Wade's go, woo! <laughs> I was getting nervous there for a minute. Uh, this yeah. podcast is also brought to you by our friends at LB's Meat Market. LB's right across from Kroger in Oxford, 662-259-2999. Um, call that number. Ask for uh, Greg Jones, and then tell Greg what you want. He'll get it all packaged up. They have the freshest cuts in all of Oxford. If you are passing through Oxford, if you're in Oxford, if you're coming to Oxford, hopefully for games and such at some point soon, I hope, my God, I hope, um, get in touch with Greg. He'll uh, he'll make sure that it's a meal you will you will remember if you're around here and uh, you want to make an evening easy and yet great food for your family. Uh, check out their meatloaf, the uh, hash brown casserole, the uh, stuffed pork chops. Man, they've got everything: pork, chicken. Fish, steak, beef, I don't know. You name it. They've got it. Ground beef. They've got everything he's got. Fantastic stuff. You can get it marinade, marinated there. You can get it fresh and marinate it yourself. Whatever you want to do. Season yourself, whatever. Ask Greg uh, for ideas. He's got them, and uh, you'll love it. The double bone pork chop, one of my favorites. Absolutely fantastic. Whatever you're in the mood for, Greg's got it, and you got to try their sausage selection as we get into summer, and sometimes you can just throw some sausages on the grill, and that's a perfect dinner in and of itself. You got to sample a few, see which one you like the most. Mine's the chicken jalapeno. Yours might be something different. Most of the people in my house, it's the ribeye sausage. I like it too. I'm just kind of partial to the chicken jalapeno, but they've got all sorts of sausages there. You should try a bunch. Find your favorite as well at LB's Meat Market, 662-259-2999. Again, right across from Kroger, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Uh, so we go to football, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of chatter about what's going to happen with the season and all that kind of thing. But there was news on the recruiting trail this week. I don't know if it was news as much as it was just yet another punt. The dead period extended through June the 30th. I've had multiple sources tell me they fully anticipate this dead period is going to be extended through July the 31st and then onward. It really makes you wonder, Zach, if. At any point this year, is there going to be in-person recruiting? I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely wondering at this moment if there's going to be in-person, on-campus recruiting at uh, campuses this this fall. Well, the good news is is that folks like uh, Tennessee and Ohio State and Clemson are proving that you really don't need to. Jeremy how Pruitt, well they're doing. Can, can I? Can, let's give some kudos for a minute, can we? Let's do this because we okay. criticize tread, tread lightly. We criticize a lot. We do. We criticize a lot. And and we take pot shots at UT because the balls are back. The key, obviously, to their program is getting someone with a personality as dynamic as Jeremy Pruitt and finding the right camera on a on a laptop for him mm-hmm. to do the dynamic Zoom calls that he is doing. He is changing a program via Zoom. And I, I got to tell you, I'm blown away. And he's, he's the Renaissance man. Unbelievable. He does it all. Unbelievable what they have been able to do uh, virtually on the recruiting front. It is wow. Wow. I will say, all jokes aside, the virtual tours that the Ole Miss staff the videos they've been putting out are really cool. Um, I don't know if you've seen them. They tweet them out where it's just essentially you're in space and you drop down, you know, you know, Google map street view type and you drop down right into yeah. the different 
campus facilities and then they do like a quick little video it's it's pretty cool like the super um, duper missiles that uh, trump was talking about today <laughs> yes exactly um if you're, if you're playing soft verbal bingo at home you can mark off the the trump square for we <laughs> talked about him super duper missile that's what he calls yeah it. oh yeah that's very, his, his words today. very official his words today from the oval office quote i call it the super duper missile good lord um yeah i mean i don't think i don't want to rule it out just yet i mean i know that lincoln riley came out uh yesterday and was pretty adamant about you know why are we trying to push this you know why are they trying to push june 1st just just wait like there's no rush wait until july because i think his concern was if you push it and you push and you push and you try to get june and then it you know it doesn't work somebody you know is infected or you know whatever like then it's just, you know, it's it's over. Or you just have to punt again and push it. Just wait until July. Like, that timeline is not the craziest. Like, you can, if everything's okay and everything's safe and above board and all that, you can get players to campus. You can start working them out. July, you know, whether it's beginning of July, middle, whatever, July, August, get ready for the season. Like, that's not the worst thing. I, I kind of, I agree with him there wholeheartedly with there's no reason to push for June and then, like you said, they've already pushed back, you know, the dead period even more, um, which it doesn't rule out. For those that don't know what the dead period is, you can still recruit. It's just obviously not in person. So the Zoom is 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 something that's that's great. FaceTime, all of that is is really nice to have. Um, but yeah, Neil, that's a hell of a question to to pose there. I mean. It, is it going to be an entire recruiting cycle with no in-person recruiting? And like the question we brought up before on the show, are they going to take away the December signing period? I don't know what I think. I mean, yeah, as you were talking, I saw that and I laughed. I was trying not to laugh into the microphone. So I sent it to you so you could see in case you That's saw good. why I was laughing. It was really funny. It's off color. I can't read it here, but it was, yeah. Yeah. An inside joke as we do our podcast. We didn't even have the benefit of Zoom, which is good because you would have seen me howling, laughing. Um, (laughs) I've not had anyone tell me yet that they're going to kill the December signing period. All right, here's a really morbid way to put this. It is so hard for me to, to even let my mind, my feeble little brain, move forward with anything until I see that there is a football season. You and I were talking about this before. And we were talking about, a, we were actually talking about Bubba Chandler, or the quarterback slash, I guess, baseball star that, that he is on Ole Miss's uh, radar now at, at quarterback as their quarterback board has changed dramatically over the last few weeks and months. And I said, the only thing is, I mean, if you're if you're a kid like him and, and you've been putting a lot of thought into being a two-sport player, until you see football, you can't even think about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, like, you know, like we talked on the Oxford Exxon podcast. We did it last night, ran this morning. And I told Chase last night, I said, you're going to see college baseball programs die soon. Uh, Bowling Green's killed theirs today, effective immediately. I can tell you other schools are going to. It's coming. There is going to be a glut of players available out there that lost homes. And uh, But until a football season begins, it is so hard for me to even think a step down the road. Like We, t- we just got through doing 20-something minutes on a basketball season that will not start until football does. Mm-hmm. Will not start until football does. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that right now. And so, yeah. and so it, it's, it's why when people say, well, do you think there's going to, and it's what you, everything you said was dead on, except it's not that you missed it. It's just that if there's, I got to see a football season happen before I see a spring an early signing period happen too. If you told me that football right. got started and they had to stop and I'm not predicting that they'll have to stop. I'm, I'm not. So before anybody attacks me with, your tweets about I'm, I'm on your team, believe, believe it or not on this uh, virus thing. I think, I think we got to push through and let's go. But in the event that I'm not the one making the call in the event that 
either the season didn't start, they punted it to the spring, or they got started and then had to hit the stop button for a while. If that happened, I don't know that anybody even takes the the December signing period seriously. That might be where they look at it and say, "Hey, man, I mean, we who knows? Who knows what's happening here?" And so well, maybe up, but- maybe you wait till maybe at that point you wait till February. My opinion, for the record, is that we're going to get a season in. I still think it's going to start. I feel better than ever right now today about a season that starts in week three or four as opposed to week one. Mm-hmm. Well, you you bring up uh, you bring up Bubba Chandler, and um, for those that aren't on the board or haven't been on there in a while, he was committed to Georgia for baseball. He decommitted. Um, he received a Clemson offer. Can't remember which one came first, but either way, Clemson football offer, pretty good offer. Um, if you're Ole Miss, you want the season to happen, obviously for, for the obvious reasons, but like Neil said, and and I, you know, we were talking before we started the show, Andy Staples said the same thing where they're saying, you know, if, if there's no football, there's nothing, there's no basketball, there's, there's no baseball, there's no women's basketball, there's no volleyball, there's no soccer, nothing. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, if you're looking at Bubba Chandler as a quarterback prospect to add to the 2021 class, you need baseball to happen to use as a recruiting tool for for Bubba Chandler because he's a a really highly rated baseball prospect. He can he, he's a pitcher, also an infielder. I think he projects as a pitcher. He throws really hard. His secondary stuff is pretty pretty damn good. Um, but if you don't have baseball season, it, I mean, I think he I think he's already leaning towards Clemson. But that helps Clemson's case because. You could say that Ole Miss's baseball program is a little farther ahead of, of Clemson's, right? Is that fair, Neil? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Ole Miss has, yeah, 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 so, absolutely. So that hurts your chances. If there's no baseball season, then why is Bubba going to commit to Ole Miss if he can't play both sports? If that's something he really wants to do, and then if you go to Clemson, you're playing for a national championship program for football, and not one that is in a rebuilding phase with a brand new coach. So. It's all a ripple effect. It's all just a chain reaction that Ole Miss and everybody, not just Ole Miss, obviously, everybody needs college football to happen just for the the effect that it has on everything else. There's, there's just no doubt about it. it. It's Everything hinges. I mean, you're starting to see it all over the country as these schools. I, and I think what you're seeing right now this is not to get we're getting on a different topic and I, I won't stay on it long but it's Friday and a lot of this stuff is broken today and I'm fascinated by it what you're seeing today with some of the even the decisions like in the Mac to say hey on these home games we're not going to go spend the night in a hotel anymore you're going to stay in your stay at home night before a game you know teams have always like Ole Miss has always gone to Tupelo the night before home games and spent a night and spent God only knows how much money because you just have money to burn yes that's over uh, and what that's being built on is the belief that, hey, we're going to play, but we're going to play in socially distanced stadiums. I thought I made a really profound point last night, but I don't think Chase thought it was very profound. I thought it was. You tell me if I'm an idiot. But I told you a year ago, didn't tell you anything about coronavirus, and I told you that a year ago Ole Miss would play its first home game of the season against Southeast Missouri State and that there would be 16,000 people in the stands. What would you have said? I would have said that Elijah Moore did not do a fake pee and Matt Luke's still a coach. And you would have thought, take, extrapolate that one further, you would have thought, oh my God, this is bad, right? <laughs> yeah, what what happened? Did they drop mustard gas all over the place and people can't be outside? Like, unless you have a gas mask? Like, well, what's I mean, the deal? Well, what you literally would have thought without knowing anything about coronavirus or COVID is you would have thought that it was rebellion. That the fans had finally said, that's it. I'm done. No more. Mm-hmm. And that the money loss would be the the story we would be writing would not be, hey, Ole Miss just beat Southeast Missouri 49 to 7. John Rice Plumley ran for 212 yards, blah, blah, blah. We would be writing about money. We would be chasing Keith Carter down and saying, how much money are you losing and what do you have to do? Okay, well, mm-hmm. it might be best case scenario right now that 16,000 people are at that game. Yeah. I don't know how you can socially distant, distance 16,000 people in Vaught Hemingway. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you do any of it. But that, my point is is that there's a money 
there is a money loss that's coming. No matter that's so if you're running a Mac program, you don't have the SEC television contracts. Mm-hmm. You're realizing, hey, we're not going to have anywhere close to what we're going to have at the, what we thought we'd have at the gate. Instead of having thirty thousand people at a game, we're going to have eight. Or instead of having twenty five, we're going to have five. It's money lost. We got to figure it out. How do we make up that money? And so you start killing sports. I mean, that's that's where this is going. If they can't, if we can't get past some of this, it's why these. It's why when yesterday when everybody made fun of Lincoln Riley, the more I read his comments, the more I said, you know what. He's right. Well, it's – I just – I don't know if, if they can do that. Just logistically, I don't know. I talked about this yesterday. I had Bonky Perkins and, and Brian Rippey on our show, and we were talking about it. And, like, what do you do? Do you do you take temperatures when people are walking in the stadium? Do you do tests before they come in? What, what happens if they test positive or if I don't they think, have a fever? I don't think like, you can test them. I do think you can take temperatures, and if they have a fever, you turn them away. So then after that, I mean, okay, so who have you all been with? Did you come just yourself? Or I mean, were I'm, you not, with? I'm not getting in anybody's sexual histories right there. At the, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing that. So, that, is, that. That's an invasion of privacy. Yeah. So it's just so it, it's so convoluted. And just, it, the, the, we're talking about ripple effects and chain reactions. I mean, yeah. just I, I don't know what you do there, but are, are teams just going to just say, you know what, like, to hell with it. We're having the season – no fans, but we're taking it. But I just don't like. Is the TV money going to offset gate money? Like, there's no, no way. No, not to that extent. No, that's like, why, and, just, and that's why I don't think it makes sense. I, I don't. The what makes sense is saying, "Oh, to hell with it. We're opening up the stadium. Don't come if you think you're at risk. Don't come if you're uncomfortable." Don't come if you're unwilling to yeah. take the risk. Now, what school's going to do that, knowing that that's going to mean, and for people that are wondering at home, we had no intention to go here, but I, I do find this fascinating. What school is willing to do that, knowing that that means, and just bear with me here for a minute, the New York Times is going to crit- crit- krill, krill, go, go, they're going to kill you. The Washington Post is going to kill you. Network TV is going to kill you. And if something happens to make it go bad, where there's some outbreak and there's a, it can be traced back to the Grove or Vaught-Hemingway Stadium or whatever school you want to do, Bryant, Denny, Neyland, whatever, whoever, you're, 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 you're going to take a level of heat that a lot of colleges just don't want. And then don't forget, on the college campus, you very typically, and Ole Miss certainly fits this mold, you very typically have an outspoken, um, I'm not trying to make this political, but an out, there, there will be an, an, an arm of the Ole Miss campus, I mean, we can almost predict who it would be, and, and he would get a voice um, that would be very critical of the decision to play games on that stadium and to, and to, and, and to play games open to fans in that stadium, and, and if – there were an outbreak. He would have absolutely no problems whatsoever uh, making a case that that the chancellor and that the university and the people that had made the decision had made a a, a a critical decision that could could lead to physical harm and and ultimately possibly even God forbid to death. How many schools are willing to take that gamble? I don't. I can't think of many. If you didn't think it could get any worse than the tents in the student section, oh. Oh, that would be that would be nothing <laughs> compared to yeah yeah to an outbreak where hospitals all over North Mississippi were overrun. Blah blah blah. It's it's a huge risk. I it, to to lighten things up here because we are getting a little morbid. Um, well, I'm not trying to get morbid, but I'm trying to. When, when, <laughs> I, I know. But when people take this down and they're like, "Why? Why is this such a big deal?" Well, that's why. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that, just, that, that, the the NFL has the ability because it's just thirty two teams and it's limited rosters and the players are paid and they have a players association. The NFL has the ability to lock it down in a way that colleges can't. The uh-huh. NFL has an ability because of its TV contracts because all thirty two teams 
benefit from the television contracts. The NFL has the ability to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to lock down the stadiums or we're going to only allow X amount of people in the stadium and we're going to separate them and control when they come in and control when they leave. And you can do it differently at a professional level than you can the college level because there are just so many different variables. Yeah. To kind of joke joke around here to kind of end on a on a bit of a high note. If the SEC were to go ahead and say we're going to have a season, and it was a hey you know enter if you dare, it, who which SEC team leads the conference in attendance? Ooh, enter if you dare. Which SEC t- Alabama? <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, yeah, um, absolutely. It's yeah. that or Tennessee. Yeah, a lot of Tennessee people go into the stadium. So, oh, what what are you talking about? Virus? Ain't no virus. Corona? I no, I they only drink, sell Miller here. I don't drink that expensive stuff. My God, I got Budweiser. It's a king of beer. I, I just throw a lime in there. Yeah, I. That's Mama. Where I would go, Mama. <laughs> Mama, they. Do you hear something about a virus? Coach Saban beat a virus all day, Mama. That virus can't beat Coach Saban. Mama, how come Tua don't play no more? He get a virus? Mm. Yeah, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama would have a lot. I, yeah. I actually think Ole Miss would have a lot. I, I think, I think frankly, the SEC would have a lot outside. Yeah. Of, I mean, outside of Vanderbilt, which. Neil, I 100% believe this. And this is not me trying to be funny. If they had a day right now, people would still go. If it was just like, all we're having this year is just Nick Saban, he'll sit at a table, you can get an autograph and a picture, there would be 50,000 people there. 50? It'd be 70. I mean, just grown men in Carhartts and PFG shirts sprinting to a card table. No doubt. And you would be able to, as a news outlet... (laughs) <laughs> you, you could wear your mask as a news reporter and they would all yell at you, making fun of you for wearing the mask and you would have the abs, you would have material for days. Oh, it'd be great. And that's, I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. If you played the Grove bowl Saturday, not if you, if you, but you made it all the players or not the, all the players, but Kiffin and I don't know, five, 10 players, at tables and you could go get autographs and pictures and stuff. How many Ole Miss people would cram into Vault Hemingway for it? Because uh, I think it'd be with, a lot. Yeah, with the the buzz around Kiffin and and just a new coach and just new, you know renewed hope, um, it would be at least twenty, right? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I it's there's a. What's interesting about this whole deal, and we'll, we'll finish it here because I do think I do find it fascinating. In this, I think bo- it'd be a lot of sidewalk fans, Neil. <laughs> yeah, in not, this, a, not a lot of alum <laughs> in this part of the country, especially, but everywhere—Texas, Oklahoma, there's a lot. There's a lot of pushback right now from people saying, "This is stupid, and I'm not going to do it anymore." And are they right? Are they wrong? I don't know. I hope they're right. I'm. 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 You know. I mean. I. I look at numbers every day that maybe make me wonder if maybe they are right. But I I do believe, as we say this on May the 15th, I, I do think these next 30 days are absolutely critical from a decision-making standpoint. And then when that decision is made, and it's going to be made to bring the players to campus starting in June, that, that decision is going to be made. We are going to absolutely find out which programs are run by meatheads, which programs are run by robots, and which programs are run by smart people. We're going to find that out. Because the smart ones are going to do this deliberately, carefully. They're going to do their strength and conditioning differently. They're going to be uh, flexible. And the meathead ones are going to be the ones that do it exactly the way they've always done it. And maybe they'll get lucky, maybe they won't. But if you bring all these kids into campus and you don't do a two, three, four-day quarantine where you get a baseline of health on everyone and then make some decisions accordingly, if you bring them in before you're prepared to test them all, if you bring them in before you're prepared to do antibody tests and all of that and have a 
very educated baseline of what it is that you're working with, you're an idiot. And I promise you there will be idiots. Maybe not in the SEC, but around the country, there will absolutely be meathead idiot coaches. And and here's the thing, right or wrong, and it's wrong, but it's I can tell you this, the national media is going to be waiting to pounce on the meathead that does it wrong and where it backfires. It's not a risk I would take, Neil. I would just do it right. I would if if it's me and I'm and I actually think Lane Kiffin, I think Ole Miss is in a great spot here because I think Kiffin's the smart kind of guy. That he knows a number of things. One, he knows that he's under the microscope. He's smart. He's a very smart guy. My my encounters with him, I've been really um impressed with his intelligence. I think he's thoughtful. Uh he also has a eighty some odd year old father who is kind of part of his staff, part of his entourage, his crew in Monty Kiffin. And I'm sure that, that, uh, that's a, been a concern. I mean, it would be a, my father's 77 years old and I, I, I worry about them being out and about. And so I'm sure that Lane Kiffin feels the same thing about his dad. It's human. So uh, there's a number of reasons that I think Ole Miss will handle it well. Um, but you gotta be careful. It's, you, you gotta, you gotta do it smart because the season the season won't start at the earliest until September the 5th or whatnot that weekend, that Labor Day weekend. And, but, but you can, you can, you, you're not going to win anything in June, but you can lose it in June. Absolutely. There's no, uh, too many unknowns right now. It's might as well just, Hey, just hang tight and just wait and let the people that, uh, went to school for like 12 years, figure this thing out before, uh, we start making some, some rash decisions, Neil. We will come back next week. We'll uh, we'll talk more recruiting, basketball recruiting. Finally, uh, finally wrapped up. We'll be talking about the next class uh, here pretty soon. I actually expect some positive news for Ole Miss on Deshaun Ruffin pretty soon. I don't know if that's like tomorrow or if that's next month or if that's in three or four months, but I expect it to happen. I expect him to end up at Ole Miss, and uh, he'll be uh, another big-time player brought in as Ole Miss uh, – gets ready for Devontae Shuler's senior year and they get ready to replace him. So we'll, we'll talk uh, basketball recruiting. We'll talk football recruiting. Um, we'll talk about whatever is going on as we continue um, week after week, month after month of quarantine stories and podcasts and things. So for Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready that does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. Don't forget deadsoxy.com. Support their support sale. Look at rebelgrove.com. Get that link off the, the uh, message board and get $10 in uh, free stuff just for being a listener and a good uh, and a good supporter of Dead Soxy. Take care.